Welcome to the Road Sermon Podcast. In our war series, we've explored spiritual warfare and our enemy Satan. Today's message from Pastor Matthew is about being battle ready. To fight spiritual battles effectively, we must be in Christ, finding salvation, identity, life, and authority in Him. This readiness involves putting on God's armor, as we will discuss in Ephesians 6. To strengthen our spiritual muscle, remember, be in the Word, engage in biblical community, and prepare yourself. Let's dive in today's message. Well, good morning, church family. It is so good to be in the house. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us. If you're online worshiping, thank you for tuning in. There is nothing like to me finding refuge from a crazy week than being in the house of the Lord with his people. And I'm just thankful that you have chosen to make this a priority for you. And uh, my prayer is that we leave today that not only would we have feel rested, but that we would be more confident in what's to come. Uh, We are in week three of our sermon series called War. I I love what we have established so far. We are in a war. If uh, you aren't fighting, you're probably losing. We've talked about the reality of spiritual warfare, and we've talked about the reality of our enemy, Satan. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about readiness in the army. That's what I have a little bit of knowledge about. Um, We talk a lot about readiness, and everything that we do is all about helping um, our soldiers be ready to fight our nation's battle, and uh, we need to be a people that is always ready to respond, react um, in the midst of the battle that we find ourselves in. And so uh, we're going to talk about how to be ready to fight against evil, okay? Uh, Readiness. Uh, Let me tell you a couple stories um, before we begin. Um, My grandfather Costner, he's been dead uh, for a long, long time, but one of the things I loved about my grandfather Costner was sitting on his front porch in Ellenboro, North Carolina, and getting to hear stories about um, his military experience in World War II. My grandfather was in the Army Air Corps of Engineers, the army. Anybody heard of that? Uh, that's kind of a, been an old thing. If you're new to the military, you have not heard that. Um, he was there, and uh, he was in the Burma jungles. And so a lot of what I got to hear from him um, was about what life looked like in the middle of the jungles. And I'm not going to share stories about uh, him today. I don't know if emotionally I could get through it. But I do want to share with you a story about World War II that I find so fascinating and I think really speaks to us as a people about the things that we experience every single moment, every single day as children of God. Um, This is a true story and I just find it so fascinating. You should look it up uh, when you leave here. Um, When World War II ended, after the bombs had been dropped The Japanese had surrendered, a treaty was signed, and the Pacific was at peace. Well, uh, not everybody was at peace because multiple Japanese islands hadn't heard of the surrender. And so throughout the region, listen to me, battles raged. The Japanese continued to wage guerrilla warfare just as they had been doing during the war. The bullets were just as real. The people hiding in tunnels to jump out and 
fight against our soldiers. We're just as committed to killing their foes. The mortars were just as devastating and death was just as brutal. Listen to me very carefully. Young men and women lost their lives to an enemy that had been defeated. Young men and women lost their lives to an enemy who had already been defeated. There was nothing at stake between the countries anymore. The outcome was final. But the fighting wasn't over. And it was just as deadly as it had always been. This is a picture of the invisible war Christians fight with our very real enemy, Satan. The victory is already accomplished. Absolutely nothing is at stake in terms of the ultimate outcome of Satan's rebellion against God. What continues to be at stake, however, is the lives of those that are still fighting. You may be asking, well, who's fighting and why are we fighting? And I just want to say maybe you're fighting at home. Right? And, and if you're married, you need to be fighting for your marriage. It, it, you may be thinking, well, if, if I got kids, how am I fighting? Well, you should be fighting for, the, for your children to, to know and love Jesus Christ. You may be thinking, well, where do I fight? Well, if you're at work and you ever go to work, you need to fight to, to help your coworkers have a relationship with Jesus. Where else are we fighting? We fight when we go anywhere we go. Dare I even say school? On Friday, there was a fight against a very real enemy on our football field. The enemy, listen to me, the enemy knows the war is over, but there are battles that are still raging to destroy the people of God and to distract us and deceive us into thinking that we are losing when in fact, the war is over. <laughs> the enemy is still very real. So were the weapons. So were the casualties. The victory has been won and declared. It has not been completely enforced. But it will be. It will be. The title of uh, today's message is this, How to Be Battle Ready. The truth that we're going to look at is this, I can't win a battle, I'm not ready to fight. I can't win a battle, I'm not ready to fight. Let me pray for us and we're going to lean into Ephesians chapter 6. Lord Jesus, we love you. I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would have your way. Lord, would you run amok in this room as we have gathered, Lord, those that are watching online, would you run amok in that room where they are? And God, would you move in such a way that as we leave, we would know without a shadow of a doubt, we have been in your presence. And may your presence not only give us peace, but Lord, may your word strengthen us to move forward in advancing the gospel and expanding the kingdom of yours. God, we love you so much. Have your way, Lord. Speak to your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. If you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to be in uh, verses 10 and 11. Not only are we going to see and look there this week, we're also going to be there next week. 
So you may want to put a bookmark there. The book of Ephesians is written by Paul to the church at Ephesus to encourage unity in the faith, but not only encourage unity in faith, encourage unity in their fight. Paul knew that if we were ever alone in the battle, we would, we would lose. If nothing else, we would talk ourselves out of the victory. It's in, in our head that if we are with God's people, we can be encouraged together. Jesus prayed we'd be in unity. Paul said we need to be in unity. We need to unify in our fight. And so Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus to help. Listen to me. Our, the children of God, the people at Ephesus understand not only that they are victorious, but how to be strong in victory. Okay, and so this is what we're going to see. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Paul says this, finally, as in, I don't want to forget to add this to your education in the Christian life. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong where? In the Lord and in his mighty power. It's important to note that, that Paul says the first thing that we need to do to be strong, to be able to withstand, to move forward, we must be strong in the Lord. Our strength, and I need you to hear me, isn't in our physical power. But our spiritual position. Do you see that in the text? Our strength isn't our physical power. It's not strong in ourselves, strong in the weight room, <laughs> strong in the Lord. Our strength is found, listen to me very carefully, in Christ. Over 70 times in scripture, uh, this concept, these, this word in Christ is used, and it's all talking about the ability to have faith and persevere in the midst of not only some of life's darkest and deepest battles, but to able the ability to persevere when we're confused and we're, we're hurting because of things that we have experienced. Paul says, if we can stay, if we are, how about this, rooted in Christ, in the midst of all the difficulties and hardship, we can be and remain strong. Um, Everybody knew in the old, the New Testament days that most of them would never be able to do what Jesus had done. But they also knew, listen to me very carefully, as Paul writes that we can do all things through Jesus. On my own, I can't do much of anything. But Paul says, and I need you to hear me say this because it's true of you, we can do all things through Christ. And he goes forward to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, just what he means by that. And he says this, when I am weak, in other words, when I'm in myself, I can't do. But listen, when I am weak, then I am strong in Christ. And here's what he means by that. When we submit ourselves under the authority of Jesus, we are made strong by his protection and care. So let me just say it this way because you guys know I'm a country boy from North Carolina. If you aren't in Christ, then you aren't ready. How do I stay strong in the Lord? Okay, well, the first way to be strong is to be in the Lord. 
It's only when we're in Christ that we can ever live in victory. And so I've spent a lot of my life and a lot of my time looking at researching, well, what does it mean to be in Christ? And I want to say this to you, that if you are in Christ, you have to be rooted in. Matter of fact, there's scripture that talks about a, a, a branch being grafted into the vine. You, some of you know that scripture. In Psalm chapter 1, we understand that a strong oak is one that is deep-rooted near the stream of water, and we know that Jesus is the stream of water. (laughs) For us to be strong in Christ, we need to be rooted. And I want to just tell you now, there are four specific areas that your roots need to run deep if you are going to be strong in the Lord. And when I say this, I mean this, is that you cannot live in victory. You will not be victorious in your battles if you are not strong in these four areas. Here's what they are. Salvation identity, life, and authority. Salvation, identity, life, and authority. Salvation, identity, life, and authority. And you maybe think, well, why all four? How about three? Well, you sit on a three-legged stool where it should be four and see how it goes. You're going to fall. Salvation, identity, life, and authority. So what we're going to do for the rest of our time, I got 15 minutes, is we're going to talk about salvation, identity, life, and authority. Our salvation. We have to be rooted in our salvation. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ and trusted him as your Lord and Savior, it is impossible for you to win any spiritual battles in your future. Plain and simple. You may can run from the fight, but you'll never be able to turn and engage in battle. Adrian Rogers, one of my favorite preachers of all time. He preached at a church in Memphis, Tennessee. He said this about salvation. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then he's not Savior at all. Romans 10, 9 begins to share with us what it looks like to make this understanding of lordship and salvation. He says this, Paul does in Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, meaning you submit yourself and say, Jesus is Lord, not me, not anybody else. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Again, I'm country. I just need you to know this. If he ain't Lord, and he ain't savior. If he ain't Lord, then he ain't savior. For Jesus to be our Lord, he has to be our ruler. He has to be the boss. He has to be the master of our life. So let me just give you a small litmus test of what it looks like for Jesus to be your Lord. Um, How about this? Does his words in scripture guide your life? Do you obey the Bible? His word to us, his people. He looked at Peter and said, if you love me, obey me. Um, do you seek God's way over your way? If the answer to that is no, then listen to me very carefully. He is not your Lord and you are not saved. For Jesus to be our Savior, we must believe that he is God's one and only Son and therefore the one and only way to God. Um, Do you trust what the Bible says about Jesus? Have you by faith trusted in the grace of God In Jesus for your life. If the answer is no to any of that, then listen to me very carefully. You are not saved and you are not in Christ. If we haven't found, listen to me very carefully, our salvation in Jesus, then it's impossible to be safe in battle. Are you with me? Salvation. We must be rooted in our salvation. We must know without a shadow of a doubt. I am saved. Number two, our identity. 
If you haven't found your identity in Jesus Christ, it's impossible to know your position in Christ. In Christ, not only are we made new, we are made complete and lack nothing. And if you don't know that you, who you are in Christ, then when someone calls you the wrong name, when someone calls out to you and says the wrong thing, listen to me, you will be confused on who you are, and then you'll be confused on what you can do. Uh, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says this, that in Christ our old life, our old identity is dead. 2 Corinthians 5 17 tells us that when we have been saved by our faith in Jesus, we now have been made new in Jesus. This is in your notes. I need you to understand this. Knowing who you are is critical in understanding what you can do. And I want to give you a picture because I love military history. I think it's so fascinating to see what has happened over the years in uh, in America and the world. And in World War II, uh, the Nazis, listen to me very carefully, attack the identity of each prisoner so that they would have no motivation to start a rebellion. Um, I I actually researched this uh, Jewish prisoners in in concentration camps. Listen, I'm going to quote one. This is about their identity and understanding what took place there in these concentration camps. He says this, right after arriving to the concentration camp, we were herded into a room where all our civil clothes were taken off. Okay. We were shaved, all of our hair was removed, our bodily hair was removed. It was so fast, everything, and the guards, they made the other prisoners do it to us. We took a shower, and then I did get my number tattooed, which is 117022. That was supposed to be my name. I had no name anymore. The Nazis, listen to me very carefully, effectively distorted the identity of their prisoners. And the prisoner's lack of understanding about their identity, listen to me very carefully, caused them to live defeated. This isn't me saying that. This is military history. This is understanding enemy warfare. If our enemy can get you to believe that you are not what you are, then you will never act who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? If you are victorious in Christ and the enemy makes you believe you are not in Christ, then no longer are you going to think you're victorious. If you can be confident in Jesus, but now you're questioning your salvation, your confidence is going to go down. The enemy does exactly what the Nazis did to the Jewish prisoners in those days. Is the enemy works to have us believe we are something we are not. And if the enemy can get you to believe that you are not who Jesus says you are, then you will not be able to live as Jesus says you can. And it is important. I need you to hear me say this to you, young people and old people and everybody in between. You have to have your identity rooted in Jesus. If you do not know you are God's child, a priest, the bride of Jesus, his servant, his friend, co-heirs with Christ. How about this? Ambassadors of Jesus. When we go, listen, we understand who we are. The word tells us I am a minister of reconciliation, an ambassador of Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you don't know those things, you will find yourself stuck in a battle you can't move on from. Understanding your identity in Jesus is the foundation to being able to move forward. And fighting back in battle. Again, if you don't know who you are, you can't do what God has said you can do. And when the enemy says you have to stop, 
If you don't realize you can keep going, you will stop. Do you know who you are in Jesus? Our life, if you haven't found your life in Jesus Christ, and it's impossible for your actions to lead to victory. And this is all about transformation. I wrote this down in your notes. We can't live the abundant life if we haven't experienced a transformed life. Paul said this in uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 19 and 21. Most of you have heard this scripture before. I just want to make sure we understand it fully of what it's saying. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do. Anybody heard that before? This, Paul says, I keep on doing. But listen why he keeps on doing this. Listen to what's taking place. He says, now if I do what I don't want to do, it's it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me. It's sin living in me. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. And in other words, every single day, we have an opportunity to choose right versus wrong, to to, to choose evil versus good. How about this, to choose worldly versus biblical. And, and And we won't choose what's right if we are in our flesh. If we are living in us and according to our wants, our, our wishes, our desires, our, we will lose. Matter of fact, listen, Proverbs 14 says this, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. And if you're rooted in you, the decisions you will make in your life, listen, will lead you to where you don't want to be. But if you are rooted in Christ, you will find life. And how about this? All things will work together for your good. One of the things I've realized about life is that we act on what we believe. Uh, I wrote this. I think this is really good. it's It's possible for people to not live what they profess, but they will always live what they believe. Listen to it again. It's possible for people to not live what they profess. But they will always live what they believe. So if our thinking pattern is wrong, listen to me, we need to change our belief. And if you are living defeated, then you need to change what you're thinking about. I want to say this. We think naturally according to the world system. Uh, from the moment we get up, most of us, I mean, again, we're all in our world, right? We're in the world right now. And everything that takes place, listen to me very carefully, is working to make you believe in attuning you to the wrong things. Um, the system of the world is unbiblical, and it teaches us a wrong mindset that will lead us to a wrong and defeated life. And that's why Jesus says in John ten ten, I came. I'm going to paraphrase because I'm sick of it and I want them to find life. Living our life in Jesus according to his way gives us back the life that the world and Satan is working to take. Living our life in Jesus according to his way gives us back the life that the world and Satan is working to take. Do you live your life in Jesus or do you live it in the world? Um, Our authority salvation, identity, life, and authority. If if all four of those are not rooted in Jesus, then we're going to struggle being strong. Our authority. If you haven't found your authority in Jesus, then you will never be able to overcome the evil one. I wrote this. A natural person cannot win a spiritual battle against a supernatural enemy. 
Listen to me again. A natural person cannot win a spiritual battle against a supernatural enemy. We have no spiritual power or authority apart from our position in Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his disciples both a power and authority over demons and the spiritual forces of evil. Um, We get authority when we make Jesus our Lord and Savior. Do you understand that? And by default, as a byproduct of that, we get the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to live out the authority that we just now got. Now listen, it would not make sense for Jesus to give his disciples a command to go and, and heal the sick and cast out demons and to push back darkness if he did not give them the authority and power to do so. Uh, authority, if you will, <laughs> um, is the right to rule. Power is the ability. And in Matthew 28, we read that Jesus says, I have all authority. And when we are in Christ, we live with that same authority. And we see this played out in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus had just sent out 72 disciples and listened to the report that they came back with. They said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Authority. Satan is not equal in power with God, he is disarmed and he's defeated. But if he can just get you to believe that he's got more power and authority than you, then you will live a defeated life. If you are living your life by your own authority and in your own power, you will never experience the victory that is only made possible in Jesus. Is your authority, listen to me, is it found in Jesus? Or is it found in yourself? Do you, what, do, you do what you want to do anyways? And some of you may think, well, I, well, I, I live by the authority because I'm the man in the house. No one gives a rip. <laughs> Listen, as a man, you'll get your butt whooped in the world. I'm, de- I'm being dead serious. You can be a strong man. And if you're not in Christ, you will lose every time. And so I say that to us because I don't want you thinking because I got a job that gives me authority because I'm the man at my house or the, or the woman at my house or whatever you think you are. Because you have that authority, don't let yourself think that you have authority over spiritual things if you're not in Christ. And I don't want you to leave this place thinking I'm, I'm big enough and bad enough and bold enough and good enough that I can go do what I need to do and I can, no, 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 no. Don't be deceived. Our enemy is very real. And our enemy, listen to me very carefully, is very strong. And the enemy doesn't come on his own. The enemy comes with the, how about this? A spiritual force of evil. But when you are in Christ, no weapon formed against you can prosper. But not only do we need to be strong, Paul says in verse 11, we need to put on the full armor of God so that we can, how about this, stand, so we can stand. We need to be strong so we can stand. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're going to talk about the full armor of God a little bit next week, but we need to be strong so that we can stand. And we can only stand if we're strong enough to stand. Uh, my wife and I, we have five kids. Um, I'll never forget... Uh, Max is 12. 
but every single one of our kids, I'll never forget getting the great privilege and opportunity of watching them go from infants that just laid there, right, to crawling. And then there's a moment when they, they get strong enough that they can stand, but they can't walk, they're just holding on. Right? And then we go to great lengths to make sure that there's no sharp edges on the tables, the coffee tables, you know what I mean? Because we don't want them to get hurt. And then slowly by slowly, little by little, they begin to take a step and then they fall. And then we continue to watch them take a step and then take two steps. And they begin, listen, as their muscles strengthen, they are able to walk. And I want to say this to you right now because it's so important for every single one in the room and even at home to understand this, is the way that you build your muscles to stand in the face of battle, in the face of adversity, is by practicing and working on your position in Jesus Christ. You are not strong apart from being in Christ. And you cannot stand if you are not strong in Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'm going to give you very quickly, I'm out of time, three very quick ways to work on your strength to stand. You need to be in the word. If you don't know the word, you can't live the word. And by all means, you cannot speak the truth of it over your life and your family. Be in the word. Are you in our Bible reading plan? Listen to me. I said this the other day. We're not, we don't do this before kicks and giggles. We do this so that we can be strong. So we can know God's word and claim it and proclaim it over our lives. Please be in the Bible reading plan. Read God's word. Know God's word. Be in biblical community. If you're alone, you're as good as dead. But there's strength in numbers. Be in biblical community. And then get ready. Because there's a very real enemy that's roaming this place. Looking to see who he can devour. And if you aren't ready to fight, if you aren't ready, you'll never be able to be victorious. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we love you. We just thank you for your grace and your goodness and your mercy. And God, today is with heavy hearts, we've, we gather because of our community is hurting, Lord. And we gather and, and some of us are confused. Some of us are, are, are not sure what to think. And we're maybe even wondering, am I safe? Are we safe? What's happening, Lord? And, and God, you just reminded us in your word that in the midst of adversity and troubles, we can persevere as we are strong in you. And God, I thank you for your word that just makes it clear. We can live victoriously. And so, God, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would just reveal to us, are we rooted in our salvation in you? Are, are we rooted in our identity in you? Are we rooted in our life in you, Father? And are we walking in the authority that you give us? Because if we're not, Lord, we can't be strong. And it's going to be so hard to persevere. But, Lord, I thank you that not only can we be strong in you, you tell us you go with us every step of our way. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church family, will you stand to your feet? Uh, this is our time of response. I just want to say this to you. I, I don't know how you may feel the urging of the Lord today to respond, but I want to say this to you. If, you, if you're not secure in your salvation, if you're not rooted in your salvation, 
then this is an opportunity. We would love as a staff to pray for you so that you can leave this place today knowing without a shadow of a doubt that you are saved by Jesus Christ. If you don't know who you are, we would love to get the opportunity to pray with you, to remind you, speak over you truth of God's word so that you can leave here knowing just exactly what you can do in him. Maybe you're saying, I'm not really rooted in my life. And this is an opportunity. We'd love for you to come and join our church. We'd love for you to to be a part of a, a Bible reading plan group or connect group. Listen, root in Christ. And maybe you're thinking, I don't, I don't know the authority. I just walk in defeat. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you to keep walking strong in the Lord. Would, I don't know what you need to do, but here's what I do know. We love the opportunity of getting to be with you and pray with you. Would you come please as we sing? Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.